Hello friends. Today we welcome Dr. Deirdre Avant. She is a multi-talented entrepreneur who will share with us her challenges and the importance of being financially prepared. Hello. You're listening to the Women of All Action, Wisdom and Excellence podcast. I'm your host Adrian Dillard. The Women of All podcast is a podcast that celebrates the everyday woman who in her everyday activities has exhibited action when needed, wisdom as required, and excellence as a routine to make life better for herself, her family, and or her community. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Well, welcome, Dr. Deidre. I'm delighted to have you on Women of All, Action, Wisdom, and Excellence. How are you today? I am doing wonderful. Fantastic. I don't like to spend too much time in the beginning talking about anything. I just want to get right to it and let you share with us. So let's start with this first question. If you had to describe yourself to someone, what would you say to them? How would you describe yourself? That's always an interesting question for me. I really don't like to talk about myself. So I tend to gather information that people say about me. What I have come to find out is that people consider me to be very diligent, very consistent, and very driven. They like the fact that I like to push forward and that I stay on a task until it's complete. I am an introvert working my way out to be an extrovert because I really would prefer alone time. I grew up as an only child and me, entertaining myself became something I knew how to do. So being isolated worked for me because that's just not my, I I don't mind going to parties and things like that. And I will interact socially, but my preferred time is really by myself. You say that you're an introvert working on being an extrovert. Why are you trying to be an extrovert? What I have found is that more especially when you are working on speaking with people across various personalities. If you are really to yourself and you barely say anything, I have a tendency to give real short answers because I like to get right to the point. But there are times when you really have to kind of expand on that and people want to hold a conversation with you. So you're giving them short answers and you're trying to, okay, that should be it. And they want to continue asking you questions. Sometimes it's just simply better. And then when you give presentations, I have a tendency to be that same way. People want you to elaborate on what you're speaking about. Right. So, you know, it it would be better if my personality was a little bit more outgoing as opposed to that flatline. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad you're working on it since that's something that you really want to do. You've had a few challenges in your life. What would you consider the biggest challenge that you had to overcome and what did you learn from it? Well, I know in 2005, there was a merger. I worked for a company called Juniper they were purchased by Barclays. And anytime there is a takeover or a merger, there's overlap because now you've got two of everything. Each department went through a series of layoffs, you know, downsizing. And unfortunately in the department that I was in, I was part of that. 
I have worked until I, I have worked since I was 16 years old, never not had a job. Most of the time I had two jobs. So a layoff was foreign for me. I had watched that process one time before, but I was in college and I was a part-time collector and I was the only part-time collector they kept. So at that time, I, I still didn't experience the layoff. When it came, they gave you severance and in a, during a time where I should have been able to get a job right away, but that didn't happen. That was also foreign to me because even if it was through a temp agency, I always managed to get another job. So in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I can get ahead now. I can work and I still have this full-time severance pay and I can put that in the bank. That didn't happen. So once severance ran out, unemployment wasn't enough. You know, my boys and I, now we have to look for where we're going to live because I am not a Delaware native. I came here from Maryland. My family, most of them are in Maryland. So who can I either live with or do I go back home? I was determined that I was going to continue to make it here for my kids to be able to finish school. And so we ended up going to a, a shelter. And in that shelter, we stayed for maybe three or four months. And my friend came and she said, why are you here? I have a large house. There's no reason why you should be in a shelter. And you, we have a big basement and you can come stay in that basement. And that was where we survived. She was the best friend ever because she took us on and wasn't able to get much from me, but we had been roommates before. And she said, the one thing I know about you is that you'll pay your bills. If you're working, you pay your bills. She said, I'll take you over my sister living with me, right? So that was one of the hardest things. What I learned from that is, even if you go through a difficult time period and it seems as though you cannot handle it or bear it, and you might want to give up, if you continue to pursue, you will find out there are many more things that you can do and you actually can live and survive. I was provided for. We ate. We had clothes. My kids went to school. They had school supplies. Whatever I needed, it was given to me in some way, shape, or form. In that interim, I began a transitional housing program called Daughters of Zion Incorporated, where I began to house young ladies who exited foster care with dependent children. I connected with a gentleman who had rental homes. And he said, go ahead and start your program and see how it goes. He said, you're not working. Then do that full time. So I did that for some time and it was the best thing for me. What I learned was that even in your low times, there are still things that you can do, even if you can't see that you can do it. So in my own homelessness state, if you will, I'm helping others who didn't have somewhere to go. Love it. I absolutely love it. Be <laughs> the story, first of all, the whole story is incredible. How many boys do you have? I have two sons. Two sons. Mm -hmm. All right. And you had to stay in the homeless shelter. And then the friend, I mean, the friend was like an angel. Yes. And yeah. then, what gets me here is that you're saying, I have nowhere to go. But there's this friend mm -hmm. who can't believe you didn't reach out to her and ask if she could stay with you. Can you share why you didn't feel you could reach out to her? I think for me, I'm a very independent person. Now, in the times past, when we shared a residence together, 
we literally rented it together. Meaning we, she went on the lease, I went on the lease and we were both working. But I just didn't feel like, I, I was so frustrated, I think. It was more or less, listen, if this is where we gotta go, this is where we have to go. And then we'll, we'll figure the rest out after this. And so I don't, it wasn't, I just didn't want to be a burden to someone. I think that's more or less. Because any other time I worked, I was able to pay, everything was split. It wasn't an issue. Right. Okay. What exactly, what do you do now? I know you're employed currently. Mm -hmm. What do you do? What would you say is your position at the time? Right now I work for one of the largest banks here in Delaware. And more specifically, I'm in human resources and I am in the pension administration area. So anyone who has worked for a, a prior acquired bank, anyone we've merged with or acquired in the past, we also handled those pensions. So we, we also took that on. So anybody who is turning 65, then we reach out, we make sure they get their package, they make a choice, we begin to pay them out. We also deal with people who have either passed and or their survivor has passed. And so we make sure whether it be the estate or whoever the beneficiary gets that information and the, and the money. And within that, that has taught me a whole lot about making sure you have properly planned your estate. And people should know where your paperwork is. They should know what needs to be executed and how, while you still have your right mind. We have some people who have died and didn't even realize they had a pension with the bank because they might've worked at, oh, I don't know, chemical. But it went through so many different hands, they probably figured, oh, either I don't have a pension or I took it. And so by the time they pass away and we start looking for them because they should be 65 and the family's like, oh my goodness, they didn't even know. So wow. my thing is make sure people do proper estate planning. Okay, that's very helpful. Now I want to jump back a bit to Daughters of Zion. Mm-hmm. You started Daughters of Zion when you were homeless to give other people places to live. Mm-hmm. Do you still do that or was that just a temporary? When the housing market crashed, unfortunately, that stopped because I did not have a way to fund it myself. Right. So we did receive grants. It is a 501c3 organization. I did make sure we obtained that status. But yes, so it still is with me. I have currently applied, applied for some grants because what I want to do now is purchase a building outright okay. so that we own it and then we can house the girls better. Even though they pay rent to be part of the program because it's an independence program and they have a 24-month window to move through their independence plan for them to gain their independence. So yes, I do still have it. I am actively seeking out funding to purchase either land or building and then we will go from there and we will begin to physically house them again. I do realize that through your adversity this probably came about because you really wanted to help other people and I absolutely think it's imperative for us when we're struggling to go out and volunteer and help someone else Mm -hmm. because that will definitely minimize our struggle and lessen the impact that it has on us because I think we'll focus too much on it Mm -hmm. sometimes I mean you know it depends on the situation Mm -hmm. but I wanted to acknowledge the fact that you recently became doctor 
Deidre, Avant, can you tell us a little bit about that, please? One of the pastors that I am connected with, he recommended me and or nominated me. And I thought, okay, now I have my master's degree and I had made up my mind that I was finished with school. <laughs> that was enough. And I said, mm, I don't think I'm going to go for my doctorates. Well, there was another plan. So when he nominated me, I sent in every you know paperwork that they needed, anything that needed to be signed by my current pastor, and they accepted it. So I flew out to California way prior to COVID to go ahead and actually walk and receive my honorary doctorate in divinity from Elbon Solutions out in Apple Valley, California. So that was very exciting. And at the same time, it's like, even though I didn't want to physically pursue it or you know do a, a full doctorate program, I still received an honorary doctorate. Yeah. So, so God had other things in plan for you. I remember when I found out you had received that, I congratulated you and you said, oh, it's just an honorary degree. And I'm thinking, what? People don't just give out honorary degrees to any old body. You must have done something to earn this degree. So you better accept that. Congratulations. Yes, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Don't minimize what you've done because somebody saw the work and they said we need to reward the work. So yes, please, when people give you congratulations, you just say thank you. And then you can move on and say thank you, Jesus. But yes, you just say thank you. Agreed. So considering some of the things that you've been through in your life, would you have advice for someone that might be in the same situation or who might encounter the same kind of situations you've experienced? Yes. What I would say is, to as much as you can, honestly, financially prepare yourself. Have your bills in a way, if you can, to where if you only got one check a month, you could pay everything that you have. That second check, you should be able to save it. Secondly, have a savings built up so that if anything happens, anywhere from three to six months, you can at least pay your rent and your, and your bills. There is something about preparation and there's a reason for it. But if you don't have discipline around your finances enough to have enough saved up to really be able to do something in case there's loss, then you know you have set yourself up for a possible failure or having to go back and really start over again. I don't think enough of us have financial advice given to us throughout our younger years. Hopefully we'll get more people involved in teaching their kids about finances when they're younger. Can you identify one or two people who have been influential in your life? The first one is my mother. She is a retired English teacher and she wanted nothing but the best for you. And I think that with her being in the school system and understanding what requirements were and what it was really going to take for you to make it, that push was there. Proper English, proper writing, even with the math and the science, she understood how important it was for you to really grasp it, not memorize it, not just barely make it. She need, You need to get it and know it. And so she was definitely number one. Number two, my grandmother actually raised me 
and her work ethic was so strong. Her thing was work for what you want. You're not looking for someone to give it to you. If they give you something great, but you work for what you want. And if you work for it and you earn it, it means something different to you. Because when people hand you things, sometimes it has less of value. It shouldn't, but it does. When you work for it and you pay for it with your own money, I was laughing with a friend earlier today. I said, listen, when she first started making me pay for my own stuff, I used to say, now, wait a minute. Now, how much does that cost? Ah! She's like, well, you didn't care when it was me paying for it. So it makes a difference. And then the very last one I'll say now, obviously there were many more, but those who had the most impact came when I was younger. And so my aunt, is someone who became extremely influential in a business world. And she really sat down and talked to me from a corporate America leadership standpoint to give me her point of view on how you survive in corporate America. You know, the strength you have to have, the ability to be able to manage people and, and logically and critically think how to, to handle tough situations. And she really talked about that in depth. And so it enabled me to kind of work that out in my head. And it, I would say those three have helped me the most and been the most influential. Work for what you want. Yes, kids really, <laughs> they have no clue. We are so clueless when we were kids. <laughs> oh, I want that, I want that, I want that. Yes, I want that. yes. And yes. then you're right. As soon as we start paying for it out of our money, whoa, what? How much is that? Yeah. I don't think so. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think so. So you have a couple of minutes to talk about anything that you would like to talk about, anything you want to share with the listeners. What do you think you would want to share? What I would like to share with people, one, is pursue your dreams with passion. If there's something you really, really want to do, pursue it. Now, granted, you may have to work a job while you're pursuing that dream, more especially if it's entrepreneurial. Sometimes I don't think we talk to our kids enough about being an entrepreneur. We do push college, which I think is wonderful. Some people go into the armed forces. Some people take up a trade. It doesn't matter what you do. It's all valuable. We need all of it. But Sometimes those are things that you have to do because you wanted to become an actor or singer or whatever it is. And so you have to be able to support yourself in the interim. Don't look at that as something that is a hindrance, but it's something to help propel you to where you want to go. And for those that want to be an entrepreneur, you can start young before you leave out the house. If you can sew and you've been making people's outfits since you were in middle school, keep making those outfits. You build your clientele while you're home. If you're doing hair, you started at home. Most beauticians start at home anyway. So my thing is, whatever it is, pursue it and see where it leads. It might be something that you would prefer to keep as a hobby. Maybe you don't want to make a career of it or become an entrepreneur, cake baking. Maybe you just like doing it for family and friends, but you'll find out if you pursue it. And so I would, I would hope that people would do that as opposed to always you, you get older and you have those regrets. What if I had done that? Or you see somebody else who is a successful cake maker or a successful stylist. And you'll say, what if I had pursued that? Find out. I love it. I'm not sure that you realize it, but I'm also a teacher. And I always try to encourage the kids to go for it. You know, Because kids always want to be artists or designers or actresses, video game designers. Mm -hmm. well, then do it. That's right. That's what you want to do. Then make the plan and go for it. Mm -hmm. 
when you think about non-human resources that have helped you along the way, can you recommend any book or any services or anything like organization that might have helped you? So I will start out with FBLA. When I was in high school, it was a group within my school called Future Business Leaders of America. I knew that I wanted to be in business from the, the time since I was young. So that was a group that I joined and we did competitions and typing and other things. And it kind of got us prepared and in the mindset of, of the business world. As far as books, leadership books, John Maxwell, great books. One of the first things I did when I was working at Core States back in college is I went to a Franklin Covey class. Time management is key. That is a great book and it's a great class to go through because you, you need to know how to manage your time so that you can get everything in and get things done and be orderly. So from a non-human perspective and me, you know, I am a God-fearing woman. And so my biggest non-human, <laughs> you know, help is God. I take time to pray in the morning and that's where I get my strategies, my revelation. And that's when I, you know, get things from him. And then I move throughout my day. And so those are my non-human uh, okay. <laughs> you like that non-human, don't you? <laughs> Thanks for sharing that with us. I also realize you are a Toastmaster. <laughs> yes. How long have you been a Toastmaster? Well, we, we're we not even 10 years old. We might be four. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe four years old. We're not old at all. Okay. You started with the organization where you work. Is that it? Oh, okay. All right. We, none of, and the funny thing was only one person in the group had been a Toastmaster from another club. Okay. Everybody else had never been a Toastmaster before. I'm grateful because I, when we first got the advertisement, I said, that's it because I needed to be able to interject humor into what I say. Mm -hmm. I'm good about giving you facts, but can you make people stay interested? Like you have to keep people. And I just didn't have, I, I didn't have it. So I looked at it and they said, oh, you know, we do humorous uh, contests and things like that. I said, That's what I need. <laughs> so I really looked at it as something that would help me become a more interesting speaker. I'll put it like that. You mentioned humorous contests. Have you ever entered any humorous? Yes. Did you win? I got to the second level. All right. Well, up to the next level. I guess you achieved that goal. <laughs> you mentioned a couple of books here, but what you didn't mention, you have your own books, correct? I do. I, do. I am a three-time author. The first book that I wrote was called The Sanity Behind Sanctification. It's just a little small process book on the process of sanctification, but I give a lot of my own personal examples in that book. Okay. And so people can kind of walk through that. There is a book that I did, it's an anthology with uh, 33 other writers. And it is a book about deliverance. And in that book, I talk about my homelessness. That's the chapter that I wrote for that book. The most recent book that I wrote and I published it in the beginning of the pandemic is called The Enemy Within. And I deal with all of those mindsets, fear, procrastination, things like that. Uh, fear of failure, fear, fear, fear of winning. Hmm. Oh, wow. I talk about all of those things in that book. And I am currently writing my next book, which is called How to Live in a Fortified Place. How to Live in a Fortified Place? Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what that one's about. These are all quite interesting. So thinking about your life, everything that you've done, 
I'm going to pick up on just the part when you were homeless. Mm -hmm. Can you give me one common myth that people have about homelessness? I think that sometimes when people hear that someone is homeless, they assume that that person is lazy, doesn't want to work. This is where they would choose to be. They could have done something else. There is a chain of events that you would never see coming. And unfortunately, you could find yourself that way. And it doesn't mean that you're lazy. You are applying, you're doing everything you can. My hope is that people would take people on a one-by-one basis and figure out where they are and how they can help them move from that place. I like that, yeah. One-by-one basis, where they are, help them move from that place. Mm -hmm. Can you share a story that captures what being a woman of action, wisdom, and excellence means to you? Wisdom, we all need it. And uh, think King Solomon was one of the, the best folks in the Bible when he talked about, let's split the baby <laughs> to find out who the true mother is, right? And so we he found that out. When you talk about action, I can have all the dreams and goals in the world and I can have them written in my journals. But if I never execute them, it's just that, it's written on paper. So you have to be a person of action. Even if it doesn't go the way you want, do it. Because sometimes it doesn't go the way you want, but it goes the way that it should have gone. And to, and you become successful anyway, but you would have never known it if you did not try. And so I think the last was excellent. excellence. You have to, your name should mean something. It should be synonymous with excellence. When, you, when she does it, we know it's going to be done well. You want that to be attached to your name and whatever it is you provide, whether it's a service or product. You want that. When you go to work, you want that because then people know that they can depend on you for something good and that you're not going to deliver something that's mediocre. Hmm. I like that. And my, my last question will be this. What's one thing you wish you had known before you started on this journey? What would that one thing be that you wish you had known? Honestly, what I mentioned a little earlier is financial planning. Mm -hmm. I wish someone had really taken an in-depth approach like I do with my boys now. I'm talking to them literally about what's on their credit, their credit lines. Let's look at it. I want you to understand the difference between revolving versus installment. I want you to understand that you should be investing some of your money. You should have passive income. I want you to understand and so and how to handle your checking account. You don't want to overwrite it. If you don't have the money in there, you don't write a check. I mean, I'm, be, I'm being very specific because I want them to have an understanding and not be able to say, well, you didn't tell me that. Mm -hmm. And so I want them to be clear so that the same mistakes that I made, hopefully they don't have to make those same mistakes. But financial planning is key and it's key with your children from a young age. I agree, totally agree. I'm not gonna say anything else because you nailed it. You, you said all that needed to be said. Deidre, you currently have a business. What's the name of it? Professional Administrative Services started out as a virtual assistant business. We assist small business owners who need administrative support and they cannot afford a full-time person in their office. And so I still currently do that, but I have also added a piece, which is supplying permanent and temporary employees. So I will place them and or they work for me and hence you pay them and use them as you need them. 
And so that is a business that I, so grant writing is in there, bid development is in there, human resource management is in there, event registration is in there. There's a lot of things that are in there, but those are the two, two main things that we do. And we've been in business since uh, 99. Oh my, really? I yeah. want your, I'm going to put you on the spot. What is your 30 second elevator pitch for that business? For that small business owner, we are the glue that helps you continue to hold your business together. By us taking on those administrative tasks that are cumbersome, things that you don't necessarily like to do, it enables you to go out and be able to do the business and grow the business. And that is the purpose of doing that. And when you begin to outgrow us, then we help find you staff to staff your office when you excel. Suppose someone needs an administrative assistant or something that you offer, how could they connect with you? All right. My phone number is area code 302-354-1997. My email address is D-E-E-A-V-A-N-T at professional admin, A-D-M-I-N-S-E-R-V.com. The website is the same, which is www.professionaladminserv.com. All right. Well, thank you very much. Are you on any type of social media at all? Yes. Facebook for professional administrative services. At this point, that is the only social media platform we are on. All right. Great. I just want to try to capture everything because I want to give everyone every chance to reach out to you and use your services. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Deirdre, for being here. It has been a pleasure. I have, you know, I've seen you in passing, never really had a chance to talk to you. I really enjoyed this discussion. Thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest on my podcast. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And I'm, I'm praying for much success for your podcast. Thank you very much. And I'm sure I'll see you again soon. Yes. Thank you for joining me on the Women of Our Action, Wisdom and Excellence podcast. If you are a woman of action or know of one, who you think would be a good fit for the podcast, please contact me via email, womenofawe at adriandillard.com, womenofawe at adrian, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, Dillard, D-I-L-L-A-R-D.com. Or you can post to our Facebook page. Always remember to be the best you that you can be. That is the best path to excellence. I hope you can join us next week. Please don't forget to support us by leaving a review.